0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, just after the hour of 6 o'clock on VOC 91.3 FM. I'm Khawa Solomon, and this is Questions and Answers Live on this uh, Saturday evening, the 24th of January 2015, uh, the second day of Rabi Al-Fani on our Islamic calendar 1436. Shukran so much for joining us, and uh, we will, of course, have, at least we do have, Sheikh Ibrahim in studio with us live. So please send your SMSs on 47913. It's 47913. Please do respect the nature of the flow of our questions, as we will have to follow with the questions that we've done. Um, at least that has come through previous weeks And that we haven't um, quite dealt with So Sheikh will first deal with those Before any um, is dealt with via SMS But please send them through on 47913 In the studio, assalamu to you Sheikh
1: Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh And uh, welcome to all our listeners of The Voice of the Cape
0: Yeah, it feels a bit different doing it in the studio live Nicer though because <laughs> often we're recording it So shukran so much Sheikh once again for, um, for Sheikh's time
1: khair. Shukran to you as well And uh, shukran for the listeners for always tuning in to the program yes. and for sending their questions so that well, at least we can give some uh, advice or some direct direction in, in the questions that they have.
0: Okay, so that kasida that was playing now, we'll give you the information very shortly. It was beautiful. Didn't even feel like we wanted to cut the chikran okay, smile, uh, for playing that. Uh, and uh, on board we have Uncle Colin downstairs and Muhammad Fasih Peterson so please do uh, if you'd like to call on 021 3500. Um That's our in-studio number for any general inquiries with regards to the Voice of the Cape Family Day taking place tomorrow. There are still some tickets available a right that will be um, sold at the door and I think the door officially opens at 10 o'clock. So let's first uh, kick in with our, our question. Our first question for SMS's um, today is Asalaamu I've been divorced a few months now and I yearn to talk about my thoughts and feelings. Can Sheikh please advise me as to if I can join a Muslim divorce support group, inshallah?
1: Bismillah rahim Alhamdulillah, wa, ala alihi, wa, sahbihi, wa, barik, wa Uh, Initially there is no issue in in, in joining a support group of this nature uh, Simply because uh, we know that a person that has gone through a divorce uh, Often they need someone to speak to And uh, there's not always someone available And so if there is a group that uh, facilitates this process uh, There is no issue (coughs) as far as that is concerned at all In fact this falls under the uh, principle of Islam the general rule uh, in the Quran which, which Allah Ta'ala states it means that you know assist each other mutually in that which brings you closer to piety and and goodness so if you can assist a Muslim brother or sister in getting over the difficulties that they are facing, then this is of course something which is Islamic and which can be uh, which should be encouraged in fact uh, the only thing is of course um, and I'm glad the, 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 the questioner is saying that it's a, it's a Muslim divorce support group mm-hmm. because we've got our own ethos when it comes to things like this. Obviously in a group like this we, we should stick to the Islamic ethos And not uh, uh, go unnecessarily In the person's history And speak uh, things that, uh, that that won't be of any benefit uh, So we should not slander the person unnecessarily And stuff like that So as long as we are staying clear From those kinds of things And we are doing it solely for the purpose of healing And for at least speaking to someone And getting over the situation Then there is no objection in the Sharia at all mm. As far as that is concerned Because it, it can be an avenue in which the person is able to, to deal with the circumstances. Like I said, not all, all of us have the, the privilege or have the uh, benefit of having family or close friends uh, that we can speak to. So these groups, sometimes they can uh, afford quite a, a good platform for a person to uh, get in contact with, especially in divorce, it's a very traumatic thing, as we all know. It's, it's very traumatic. It's very emotional. There's lots of things that uh, obviously affects one's life, one's life, etc. And so there, there is no objection as long as we stick to the Islamic ethos, then there is no problem at all, inshallah.
0: All right, the next SMS was received. Assalamu alaykum. If the wife works and she wants to help her parents financially, must she first ask her husband for, for permission? Shukran. Um,
1: as a matter of principle, uh, I would like to say uh, that uh, financial matters, uh, of course, within a marriage, um, should always be discussed uh, by the spouses and should always be talked about. Um, there should be no exclusion or secrecy when it comes to these things uh, because after all, it's one unit, it's one family. And um, uh, if they can speak about the issues, it will obviously make it easier for them to come to some kind of understanding as to how to plan their life, etc. Um, and while we obviously agree that the money that this woman is earning will be her own money, it, mm-hmm. it's not the, the money of the, of the husbands, and he's got no right to that money and so on. But at the same time, ethically, it's obviously only right for her to, to speak to him whatever she plans to do, etc. Because she's not living an individual life. Okay, so so for me, I wouldn't say permission as such, but as at least some kind of uh, conversation should occur between husband and wife as far as this is c- concerned. And yes, of course, the 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 wife will not uh, every detail of what she's going to buy and what she's going to not every detail, but in a general sense, at least have some kind of communication with her husband as to what, because you see, at the moment there's secrecy as far as this is concerned. It creates some kind of uh, feeling, or it creates some kind of you know, difficulty within the marriage Because the husband may wonder, you know, where's the money going mm-hmm. What What is she doing with it And there's no need for that kind of thing You know, there should always be openness And there should always be transparency as far as this is concerned And I do believe that uh, the no true husband will object to his wife Assisting her parents I mean this is something islamic this Mm. is something humane So uh, any husband that's a good husband that has islamic consciousness moral consciousness He obviously will not object to his wife wanting to assist her parents especially if the parents are in need Because that is our duty even if it comes to strange people Mm. let alone our own parents or our own family Um, So I do believe that uh, this woman she's got the hak over own wealth of course But at the same time you know there should be that um, Openness and there should not be any secrecy I think this will create a better... Platform for them to come to Some kind of uh, to always have a good Understanding as far as their their Finances is concerned and this is one of the Critical things within marriage finances is not Something that you can just ignore or that you can Just sweep under the carpet or not Mm -hmm. talk about It's something that affects both Spouses at all times and it Is something crucial and critical within The marriage and for the success of the marriage And that is why we find nafaqa and mahr And all these things in Islam plays a very Very important role it's simply because uh, The financial situation must be healthy and must be kept healthy At all times and this can easily be done When there is good communication And transparency, transparency Between uh, the two spouses
0: Answering questions is uh, Sheikh Ibrahim resident imam At the Yusufiyah Masjid in Weinberg Stay with us as we continue with your questions After the short break My radio station Your radio station Our radio station FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back. Questions and answers with Sheikh Ibrahim Wurst in studio with me. And we're taking your SMSs on 47913. Assalamu alaikum. Excellent program. Thank so much for the feed, uh, feedback. Keep up the good work. I enjoy listening to Sheikh every Saturday. We can learn and implement it in our daily lives, Sheikh. Answers and with explanations. It's always excellent. So uh, tell your friends uh, and you can also listen to the uh, podcast of it downloaded on iOwner. Fm. That's I-O-N-O dot F-M and uh, you can listen to it anytime you can. Uh, we also have to welcome and uh, greet our, um, our our listeners across the lands and over the seas listening to us in Australia and in Germany and, and the States and also even in, in the UK that I know of that say, I, I wait um, an audio stream between 6 and 7 when at least the time is 6 and 7 in, in Cape Town to listen to the show so shukran so much to them as well so please give us, um, allow Sheikh to answer your questions in the time um that sheikh uh, ibrahim will because it, do, it does uh, new, as your sms has come through it does take some time for sheikh to get through um the, qu- the answers rather so shukran so much for your patience for those who have waited as 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 they do mention i've sent my question before it hasn't been answered yet but we are we will definitely answer it. we just will be answering a little bit later or the following week dealing with the questions as they come in as the weeks progress so the next one is salam sheikh my husband passed away we made a will sharia wise I have a son and a daughter. What happens now? Please explain.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not too sure what mm. the Questioner is wanting to ask here because If the questioner is saying that they made a Sharia Will, mm. then it means that obviously They followed the, the portions that is Ascribed, you know, uh, in the Quran uh, Which I can just repeat in case Maybe they want clarity on it or just what to make sure Sharia, yeah. Whether it is the right thing that they did um, And in this case it is quite uh, Straightforward because we have uh, the, the wife, the surviving spouse, and we have The children, mm. and in this case the, the Spouse obviously will take 12.5% And the remaining 87 will obviously go to the Son and the daughter and obviously The son will get a double share and the daughter Will get a single share Um, So that is the the, the simple uh, Explanation of how it is done in terms of of Sharia. Um, I don't know If that is exactly uh, the question Uh, It could perhaps also mean that uh, This person wants to know how does The distribution take place or uh, In terms of maybe the assets Uh, Sometimes it's a house that they are living in and stuff So I I do believe that the questioner Needs to send either another question with a bit more clarity So that we can know exactly what the questioner is wanting to ask uh, And then we can inshallah address it In the more uh, in the most appropriate uh, yeah. manner inshallah. So if uh,
0: you would like to elaborate on that question Please do SMS us on 47913 We'll see it right now And Sheikh will take it home And inshallah next week We'll do the necessary um, answers Shekhu'll. So can a Muslim attend a few funeral proceedings Of close Relatives Like parents or brothers or sisters Um, Sheikh this question has come up before But now specifically asking about a a closer relative
1: Yeah of course as we mentioned before That uh, there is no uh, objection In in going to the funerals of non-Muslims The only rule that one has to follow Is obviously that you are not going to be prominent In terms of uh, what they do In terms of rituals I mean you're not going to participate And partake in what they do of rituals Or worship and stuff like that But in terms of showing your condolences And being part of the procession or going to the house There's absolutely nothing wrong with that And I would like to uh, Perhaps I think I did it before But I'll just repeat uh, A quotation that is uh, taken from One of the foremost books in Islamic law And this book is written by Imam al-Nawawi And the book is called Al-Majmur uh, Which is one of the greatest works That have been written on uh, Islamic law um, He points out and he says a shafii mentioned in or, or al as Shafi'i, as mentioned in another work called Mukhtasar al Muzani, as well as other scholars of the Shafi'i Madhab, says that it is permissible for a Muslim to follow the funeral of his non Muslim relative. As for visiting their graves, this, the more correct opinion is that this is also permissible. Mm-hmm. Although there are some scholars that have uh, sort of not agreed with this, uh, Imam Nawawi points out that this is in fact what Imam Shafiq has stated that the more permi- the more sound uh, position in terms of even visiting the grave of a non-Muslim is that it is permissible. We also find that uh, another scholar by the name of Ibn Hajar uh, or rather sorry, a scholar by the name of uh, Al-Khatib Sharbini, one of the Shafi scholars as well, he also points out in his book, Mughni al-Muhtaj, where he says There is no problem for a Muslim to follow the funeral of his non-Muslim relative at Mm -hmm. all. There is no problem. Uh, since And one of the proofs that he cites here is he says that the Prophet ﷺ had actually ordered Sayyidina Ali to bury his own father, Abu Talib. And we all know Abu Talib did not die as a Muslim. Uh, So he was asked by the Prophet ﷺ to bury his own father and this he uses as a proof to show that it is permissible and he also concurs with Imam al-Nawawi in terms of the permissibility of visiting the graves of a non-Muslim relative as well. So there is permissibility in these things, as I said, as long as there is no participation in terms of the ritualistic uh, um, worship and stuff mm. like that. As long as that is uh, not not done, there is no other further objections. Because uh, human, from a human perspective, if your family has passed on, it's it's only human that you need to go and show your respect and show your you know your support for them. Because no matter what the religion or the creed is, they are also suffering and they are also going through a hard time, and you also need to give them your condolences mm. and you need to give them your moral support and there's absolutely nothing wrong. And we find that even the Prophet ﷺ at one occasion he was sitting and a Jewish uh, a Jewish uh, uh, person that passed away uh, was carried past the Prophet ﷺ and he actually stood up and the Sahaba asked, you know, you are standing up and he's a non-Muslim. He said, well, is, it, is he not a person? Is he not a human being? Because our, our humanness is the thing that obviously drives us to show that compassion and to show at least that support, and especially as the question is they say, saying, here, if it is a close relative then that makes it even more mm-hmm. worthy of our support and our uh, you know model support that is um, and this is very important, and I hope that uh, that brings clarity to this issue inshallah
0: okay so when she says um, you know attend the um, attend the funeral, but um, not take part in the proceedings so don't uh, maybe get up and talk about this person. Is would that be part of the? Proceedings? No, no,
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, classify that to be as part of the proceedings. Uh, what I mean, proceedings, proceedings, in terms of the worship that is done, okay. uh, the rituals that is done. But in terms of if you were to ask, uh, if you were asked to to say something about the person and you mm. wanted to say something positive, there's nothing wrong in that either. Mm. Okay, but we are talking more about uh, participation in terms of how they would conduct their service. Mm. I think that is the best way to put it. How they would conduct their funeral service participation as far as that is concerned in terms of a ritual or a worship point of view, that would not be allowed obviously because they've got their own way of doing things mm-hmm. and we've got obviously our distinct way of doing things. But uh, over and beyond that, there is uh, there should be no objection, at least from the Shafi school of thought. As I've mentioned, there's a number of quotations that give permissibility to, mm-hmm. to this particular issue.
0: If I may, Sheikh, just to add on, what is the ex- extent of um, praise one can make for this deceased non-Muslim um, relative.
1: Yeah, there is difference of opinion as far as uh, p- praying for a non-Muslim person is, mm. is concerned, because okay. uh, the best is to say that Allah alone knows, you know, what yeah. their situation is. Uh, in their lifetime, of course, we, we pray for them. We pray mm. for their guidance. We pray that Allah bring them to the straight path and stuff like that. But in terms of praying for them after they, they have died, there's difference of opinion amongst the scholars as far as this is concerned. Uh, and the best is to say Allah knows best, okay. you know, uh, what the, the position of this person is. And the uh, there should be no need for us to speak bad about someone when he has died, or to mm. give judgment or stuff like that. That is not our domain. Especially if a person has passed on, um, Allah, Allah know, uh, knows, you know, where that person is going. In fact, we even ourselves, we don't know where we are going, right? No one can guarantee where he is going. No one is guaranteed, you know, paradise, etc. So we should be careful and not uh, speak unnecessarily when it comes to, to to these kinds of things, and rather remain reserved as far mm. as our position is concerned.
0: Inshallah Shukran, Sheikh, for that answers. Um, we we definitely need to take a break now. So Shukran for uh, for your patience, and we'll continue with my radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi barakatuh. Welcome back to VSC 91.3 FM 24 minutes after the hour of 6 o'clock It's questions and answers And Sheikh Ibrahim is in studio with us uh, Sheikh being the resident Imam at the masjid Okay, so our next question is, um, Sheikh. I, I've come from a um, been married for many years, been in an abusive re- relationship. Children had witnessed the abuse. Alhamdulillah, we divorced now. But now that we are divorced, um, my ex husband wants his children to show extreme kindness to his new wife, something um, that they find very really difficult to do, which which of course they witnessed the abuse. So please advise, Sheikh. Um, shukran.
1: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Of course, we uh, we would all acknowledge that uh, it must be difficult, you know, to, to deal with a situation like this. Uh, if you've been in, in an abusive uh, marriage and especially the children have witnessed it, uh, we should obviously be, uh, you know, uh, understanding towards the feeling that the children have because it's difficult for them to sort of deal with this. Uh, um, so we, we give them, we should give them time to, to heal And to get uh, to terms with what had happened And mm-hmm. to, to work it through their system, etc In mm-hmm. other words, we should not rush them And just say that, look, you know, just forget and just move on um, If they've witnessed these things It can be uh, quite uh, traumatic for the rest of their lives And especially uh, depending on the age of the children, of course How uh, big the impact will be um, But having said that, obviously uh, Islam uh, dictates to us That we should nonetheless Uh, you know um, try to obviously forgive we should try to to move on we should try as much as it is difficult is is islam always uh, you know teaches us that we should try to overlook and try to also see that perhaps the person did make those mistakes and perhaps Mm. they are trying to become better people And, and this is what the quran teaches us and this is what the sunnah teaches us and i've quoted this example on on many times before when oh, Sayyidina Abu Bakr, anh, we know that his own daughter was accused of, of zina and so on, Sayyidina Aisha, the wife of the Prophet alayhi And he was very cut up on, about this issue, simply because it's his own blood and flesh. Mm-hmm. You know, we feel hurt when they are hurt and mm-hmm. when they are sort of slandered in this way. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr had a family member who actually also were part of those people who slandered Sayyidina, Sayyidina Aisha. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr was upset with him as well. So much so that he kind of wanted to cut himself off from him mm. But Allah Ta'ala revealed certain verses in Surah An-Nur Which actually says that Oh Abu Bakr, you must try to forgive You know mm. Try to pardon, try to forgive mm. Ala lakum. Because wouldn't you like Allah to forgive you? Because all of us, we make mistakes mm. we, we, we we err and we obviously slip up But Allah is forgiving And so if Allah is forgiving We should also try to show That same kind of forgi- uh, forgiveness to others And so what I would say to the children here is that yes it, it we, we absolutely understand that it is difficult for you to come to terms and to to treat your your father's new wife with the uh, amount of respect that he wants you to or to treat her uh, in a way that is pleasing but at the end of the day remember you, you, you're not doing it for him you're not doing it for anything but you're doing it to please allah your mm-hmm. creator you're doing it because you want to emulate your prophet's character You know, your Prophet taught you how to forgive. I mean, even the Prophet himself, there was no person that can claim that he was hurt to the extent that the Prophet was hurt in his lifetime, Mm. both physically, mentally, uh, you know, verbally. He was abused in all different ways. But here, you know, when he entered Makkah after the conquest, he forgave, you know, he said to people, I'm not here to take revenge, you know, today is not a day of bloodshed, today is a day of forgiveness, and the prophet forgave. So whilst we are understanding with the situation and we do not rush the children into just sort of succumbing and, and forgetting what has happened, while we acknowledge that, we also encourage them and we encourage the mother here also to give them this advice. That inshallah they should try to come to terms with it and they should try. And after all, this is still their father. Hmm. No matter what he did, he's still their father. And they should try to find it in their hearts. Maybe, who knows, he may have repented sincerely after those incidents. You know, uh, we don't know whether he is accepted by Allah after that or not. He may, may, he may have been forgiven by Allah even. So, who are we not to forgive? So there's a balance in this in this answer as you can see hmm. uh, we don't um, disregard the feelings of the children but we also advise them what Islam wants from us, and that inshallah, hopefully, is the best approach in this particular matter.
0: Inshallah, may they will be guided. I
1: mean, and we, we ask Allah to give them strength mm-hmm. and to give them, you know, that solace and to give them that contentment um, and to, to pull them through this difficult time that they are in.
0: Yeah, because there seems to be some psychological um, Absolutely. damage as well. That Abs- that's
1: why be. I said we cannot ignore it, mm-hmm. but we can only but pray that Allah Ta'ala makes it easier for them, inshallah.
0: inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Am I being funny as a mother and mother in law to, to have a big, um, in not allowing my daughter and husband who are newlyweds to sleep in one room um, which is separated by cupboards with myself and two teenage siblings and my daughter's sons aged 9 and 11 from previous marriage. They are not taking heed or honouring my request. What do I do? Please advise. Shukran country.
1: Yeah, again, uh, I think uh, somewhat of an uh, awkward situation uh, to to, to be in one room with your own children and newlyweds and so on. So it's obviously not ideal. Uh, The situation is not ideal. And uh, yes, you have the right to feel a bit uh, strange or to feel a bit shy, you know, Mm -hmm. to be in the same room with them, especially that they are newlyweds, etc. And uh, they should be... Privacy, you know, for them, if, if it's possible. We, we obviously don't know what the situation is, mm. because I'm sure uh, if, if there was opportunity for them to be in separate rooms, they, they would have done that. Mm. But maybe I think the mother is alluding to the fact that she wanted them to maybe get a place on their own or etc. I don't know what the, the details are. But uh, basically just to say uh, that obviously privacy should be the, the best option. We should try to be as private as possible, especially for a married couple. And uh, we find that even the Qur'an has given us advice as far as this is concerned. Uh, in Surah An-Nur again, chapter 24, verse 58, Allah Ta'ala explicitly says that if you are in a situation in your home where there are small children around and so on, you should teach your children that they should ask permission before they enter upon you. You mm-hmm. know, they, they shouldn't just come in the room. And Allah even gives times when this should specifically be mm-hmm. done because there are certain times that this uh, you know privacy between spouses between husband and wife mm-hmm, yeah. and Allah Ta'ala mentions in this ayah that uh, and i just want to quote the ayah that Allah says bismillahir rahmanir rahim ya ayyuhalladhina amanu liyasta'zinkum aladina malakat aimanukum walladhina lam yablughul hulma minkum thalath marrat min qabli salatil fajr wa hina tadha'una thiyabakum minadh-dhuhira wa min ba'di salatil 'isha thalath awrat lakum so Allah Ta'ala says in this ayah if you have children and slaves for that matter In the time of slavery, of course, Mm. then they should seek permission to enter upon you in three specific times, even more so in three times. Mm. Uh, Before Fajr, because that is the time when people are sleeping. Um, And then also in the mid-afternoon, because it is the habit of the Arabs to take a nap during that time. Uh, And also after Isha, when people retreat and they go back and uh, they, they go to their rooms to go and sleep. Those are times that the children should be taught from a young age already that you don't just come in but you knock before you come in Mm -hmm. or you ask permission before you come in. Um, We also find that the Prophet ﷺ had said that if you have children that have reached the age of 10, then we should already uh, obviously... Train them not to be sleeping in one room or sleeping together. Mm -hmm. Even if they are young boys and girls that are not yet mukallaf, we should actually try to separate between their sleeping quarters. Mm -hmm. And this is to obviously uh, inculcate within us that modesty and that understanding that the opposite gender, you know, uh, they are different That they have peculiar things that they obviously want private and, and, and stuff like that. So I would say that these are uh, ample guidances for us from the Quran uh, to show and from the sunnah to show that uh, privacy is obviously what is required here. So uh, the the, the newlyweds, inshallah, they should heed your call and they should listen to your advice. Uh, And I think maybe the advice that you could have given them was that they should uh, make an effort to get their own place. Because like I said, I think if there had to be opportunity for them to be in two separate rooms in the same home, I don't think they would have hesitated to do that. Mm. But maybe the circumstances is difficult. You know, people struggle nowadays. We don't know what their financial situation is. Maybe they can't afford any other place at the moment. But they should be encouraged to make an extra effort to do that mm. so that you can be comfortable. And obviously also mentioning that there are small children in the same room. Mm-hmm. And it's only separated by cupboards. So th- those children also, they should not be growing up, you know, uh, perhaps uh, being exposed to certain things which otherwise should have been kept private Mm -hmm. uh, etc so this is the islamic etiquette as far as this is concerned and we hope inshallah the children will listen to your advice that you had given them and give them the guidance and the the insight to be able to implement that inshallah
0: inshallah shukran so much for that detailed answer our next question is salam sheikh what do i recite to get relief from any difficulty please Shukran. i see there was also an sms with regards to somebody being at work and, you know, not knowing what to do because they find it difficult being at work. So maybe in that same. Um, same yeah, episode.
1: Alhamdulillah, we are very fortunate, you know, as Muslims that uh, the Prophet wasallam did not leave anything unturned. He did not leave anything, you know, unanswered. He gave us guidance on each and every matter that uh, concerns us. And it's beautiful if you look at the amount of prayers which the Prophet wasallam had actually taught us that we can make. In order to find contentment in our heart And to get relief for our difficulty Etc, etc And uh, I'm going to read out a few But obviously the listeners perhaps will not be able to memorize all of them immediately But uh, we can also make them available at a later stage But just to allude to some of these azkar and du'as That can be made for the relief of difficulty um, uh, That was taught to us by the Prophet wasallam. One such dua, the Nabi wasallam says If a person is in difficulty, he should recite the following in another prayer the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has taught us to say And this is a short one that perhaps we can uh, quickly you know, capture Where the Prophet Sallallahu said If you are in difficulty then call out on Allah's name and say Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum Rahmatika يا حي يا قيوم and it basically means oh allah you are the one that is alive you are the one that oversees all our affairs and through your mercy i seek your help through your mercy i seek your assistance and then there's obviously also indication that to recite ayatul um, kursi is very good for the relief of difficulty Ayatul Kursi is all well known to us Allahu la ilaha illa wal al qayyum This ayah of Surah Al-Baqarah Verse 255 which we always recite after the Salah uh, As well as the last portion of Surah Al-Baqarah the last few ayat of Surah Al Baqarah, which we also often recite in our Athkar and in our Haddad that we make when we recite from Aman al Rasulu bima unzila ilayhi min wal-muminun. Uh, So, those ayats also uh, is also very good for the relief of, of difficulty. And then finally, um, and I'm just choosing a few, uh, also a very, very important dua. To, to to be made if a person is in distress or is in a difficult situation is to recite la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu and we will of course recognize this was dua of Sayyidina yunus mm. when he was uh, swallowed by the whale and Allah Ta'ala says, you know, it is because of this dhikr that he made that Allah Ta'ala brought relief to him. You know, Allah says, if he did not make tasbih, if he did not glorify Allah the way that he did, perhaps he would have stayed in the belly of the whale until the day of judgment. You know, but this because of the powerful dhikr that he made. And uh, what catches my attention here in all these prophetic adhkar, as you will note, Is that all these words that are taught to us by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Will simply find that All these duas it's not actually asking Allah to relieve us from the difficulty Mm. But it is more glorifying Allah Making Allah high You know, rendering uh, Allah Ta'ala in his majestic way that he is Because if a person is in difficulty, one should ask yourself the question Don't Allah know that you are in difficulty? Allah obviously knows better than anyone else what your situation is so you we'll don't it as well. <laughs> Yes so you don't need to obviously inform Allah what your difficulties and you want to be out of the difficulty but what you need to acknowledge is that Allah is your creator and you are his servant hmm. and once you do that it seems that that is the powerful part of the dhikr hmm. you're acknowledging the fact that you are in need of your creator and he is the only one that can assist you and we find in all these askar um that is what is portrayed to us by the words of the Prophet. And this particular dhikr of La ilaha illa anta subhahana ka inni kuntu mina which was made by Sayyidina Yunus, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says in a hadith that is recorded by Imam Nawawi in his book Al he says that whenever somebody recites these words sincerely, he will definitely be relieved from whatever difficulty he may find himself in. So inshallah, whoever is in the state, do recite these words with sincerity, with understanding, with uh, you know, deep, uh, with your heart and with your soul, knowing that Allah Ta'ala is the only one that is in control and in charge, and Allah is the one that will bring the relief. And we pray that Allah Ta'ala makes these duas effective inshallah for those people who are in need. Of a way out for the circumstances That they may find themselves in I mean, I
0: think it goes to all the questions That that, um, that are asked today um, I think, you know, they, they do find themselves In some sort of difficulty to get through So inshallah, that goes to all our questions. I mean, inshallah
1: well. We hope uh, all of the best for all our questioners Inshallah, inshallah.
0: Okay. All right, so let's just uh, take a short break and uh, infuse that in our thoughts, in our brains, in our minds. Inshallah, do note that if you've missed this part of the show, you can download it on iono.fm for your easy listening pleasure at any time. We'll be back in a moment with questions and answers. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Assalamu Alaikum, Welcome back um, We're in our last uh, 20 minutes of the show Questions and answers And I see a lot of questions Coming from What we've um, uh, w- We're speaking about Sheikh So the church thing Has come up again So I, I think we're probably Going to have to reiterate it Again in another show But Allah knows best um, But let's continue With your SMS's On 47913 Please do, do keep them coming Your patience Is, a, is, is absolutely appreciated Because we, we're giving Everybody's um, question The appropriate answer And time That uh, of course Sheikh affords it as well. So the next question is Assalamualaikum. Can my son marry his father's uncle's daughter who has two illegitimate children?
1: Bismillah uh, Yeah, I think it's a bit, uh, the way it's stated, it's a bit cumbersome. Father's uncle's daughter. I, I took a while just to figure out. W- yes, what exactly I, I didn't
0: figure it out yet. What okay, so exactly is father. the relationship
1: here? Yeah. But uh, what I figured is the father's uncle's daughter so must so be the niece. father's cousin. The father's cousin. So this cousin. Is father's first cousin. Yeah, yeah. So can I marry my father's first, first cousin? cousin. Okay. And the answer is yes, you can. Yes. And 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 I want to refer the the the, the questioner to, uh, inshallah, Surah al-Nisa which is chapter 4 of the Quran, verse 23 and 24. And if you peruse uh, through these two ayat, you'll find how Allah Ta'ala beautifully categorizes for us the women that we are not allowed to get married to. Very specific uh, categories of women and very specific relationships, which Allah Ta'ala has prohibited. And so we'll find that uh, uh, in this ayah, no mention is made of your own cousins and etc. So while you are uh, able to marry your own cousins, you are also married uh, uh, able to marry your father's cousins. Okay, There is no prohibition as far as that is concerned. Um, although there, there are uh, obviously some um, indication within the sharia that when we do get married, we should uh, not go out of our way to marry close relations uh, within our family, like cousins and, and stuff like that. Because uh, uh, as, as uh, people of experience will tell us that the, the, the bloodline, you know, it becomes uh, very weak hmm. whenever it is close relations, like cousins getting married to each other. So, whilst it is not haram, it is also not ideal, you know. It is, not, it is actually recommended rather to marry someone that is not closely related to you. Okay, but in terms of permissibility, there is permissibility for this. And please do go and and read up on uh, Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, where you will see very, very uh, beautifully, like I said, and uh, very um, uh, precisely uh, the categorization of women that we are not allowed to get married to. The cousins are definitely not part of this group. And there's consensus amongst the scholars that this is a group of people that we are able to get married to, inshallah ta'ala.
0: Okay, next question. Assalamu alaykum. My husband is very rude to me and my children, like he shouts at us in the shops, then people look at us and he doesn't know how to talk to us. Please help, Sheikh.
1: Yeah, uh, this is uh, obviously something that many people are afflicted with, um, uh, the issue of not knowing how to talk. And I think it's a, it's a kind of a illness, it's a kind of a weakness mm-hmm. that many people have. And I think the best we can do in in this circumstance is to remind the person gently and beautifully, uh, and in a very subtle way to remind him, you know, that Islam does not uh, like for us to be in this way. Uh, Islam teaches us to 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 be kind and to be gentle. Waqulu nasi husna. Allah says so beautifully in Surah Al Baqarah, chapter two, verse eighty three. Waqulu lil nasi husna. When you speak to people, speak gently with them. Speak, you know, softly with them. Um, And I always quote this that In the Quran also When Allah Ta'ala Speaks about Mm Fir'aun Now we know who Fir'aun was In the time of Nabi Musa Fir'aun was this tyrant Which perhaps is unchallenged Or unmatched rather In the course of history No one actually went to the level of tyranny, the way that Fir'aun went. I mean, he went so far to say that, you know, I am God, I am your God, I am your Lord. You know, you've got no other God besides me. Hmm. These are the statements that he made. But what I find striking in the Quran is that when Allah Ta'ala instructed Musa and Nabi Harun alayhi wa to go and speak to Fir'aun, because obviously they need to advise him, they need to tell him, give him da'wah and say what you are doing is wrong, you are going to be accountable. And in Surah Taha, Uh, Allah Ta'ala mentions this whole incident And Allah Ta'ala says to Nabi Musa and Harun When you go to him Say And this is absolutely amazing Speak to him In a very gentle way Speak to him softly Speak to him subtly Speak to him with wisdom Even if he's such a big tyrant Um, So this is a lesson. If he is to be spoken to in this tone, what about other people? What about ordinary people? What about your family? What about your children? We should always try to get this into our minds that whatever we speak and the way we speak, it has an impact on the next person. He definitely is affected by it. And if it's a beautiful way, then that person will positively be affected. If it is in a bad or ugly way, that person will be negatively affected. And it will have spin-offs, it will have uh, cycles afterwards, it will come back to you in a different way that you could not have expected it. So we advise this father beautifully and we try to give him this nasiha to say that the Quran tells us this. And your role model, the Prophet wasallam, our role model that we follow We've just come out of the month of rabiul awwal where we try to uh, highlight and enlighten ourselves with the character of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Just read up on his character. Read up how what kind of a person he was. Look at the Quran how Allah Taala explains who Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was. That is why uh, you know with the, the whole thing coming up in Paris with the cartoons and all of that insulting our Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We as Muslims we should be absolutely convinced that the person that they are speaking about is not muhammad sallallahu wa sallam because they don't know who is mm. muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa you know muhammad is exactly the opposite of what they are trying to portray him mm. to be and here perhaps we should do a bit of reflection you know maybe we have f- uh, fallen short you know of actually telling them who muhammad is or showing them through our actions who muhammad is if we were to live and to talk and to walk the way that our prophet muhammad sallallahu used to do things i think many people would have thought differently of how Muhammad lived on this earth, so by the way, we just want to say to this person that we acknowledge that this is a difficulty um, and of course for the family also for the for the parent for the for the wife and the children sometimes it's difficult to deal with a person with 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 such harsh character. But try to contain yourself, try to give advice, try to be patient. Uh, and the best way that you normally show uh, the next person that is doing something wrong is by you uh, showing good. You know, you, you treating the person well, you showing what good akhlaq should be. And uh, just to end off to say there's a beautiful hadith where the Prophet wasallam had actually said that you can never imagine that if you do little things, small things of goodness during your day, Mm-hmm. Your, your daily routine, those small things of goodness will actually count in your favor as charity that you are giving in the path of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Like if you help somebody over the road, or you mm-hmm. help an elderly, or you, uh, you know, um, listen to somebody's problems, or you give somebody an ear, you know. Or, or the Nabi Sallallahu says in this hadith, Just to say a good word to somebody is sadaqah It's a charity because you, you know when you say something to someone uh, and you uplift that person's spirit. Imagine somebody comes to you and he's got a problem. You know, he's about to lose his job or let's say he's in a big predicament at his work uh, or with his family. And you give him a word of encouragement. And he goes away from you with a positive mind, with a positive outset, knowing that there is still Room for or opportunity for him to make amends, or opportunity for him to come out of the difficulty, mm-hmm. isn't that a, a big sadaqa that you had given on behalf of yourself towards this person mm-hmm. because you've helped lift his spirits, you helped uh, him come out of the situation? So just think of it in that way: uh, the the wife and the children. It's a sadaqa that you are also doing In, in having patience with him In, in trying to, to Beautifully uh, And in a, in a nice way Trying to convince him That you should not speak to us in this way mm-hmm. So in other words Don't retaliate Don't you also show You can speak the way that he speaks Or you can shout Or you can also swear Or you can also Because that is not going to solve anything mm-hmm. Right That's going to make the situation worse And that is also not how Our Prophet sallam, so. did things He always showed His compassionate side His forgiving side And we hope inshallah That this person who is his wife and children like this He will mm-hmm. realize That he's doing himself a disservice mm-hmm. He's doing the community And his children a disservice And hopefully he will come around And and and, and improve his his, his situation Inshallah
0: And with that, let us break on questions and answers. More after your Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the The Cape. Asalaamu Alaikum, Welcome back. Our last few minutes on questions and answers with Sheikh Ibrahim Mursa. Sheikh being the resident Imam at the Yusufia Masjid. Please do continue sending your SMSs on 47913. And that uh, SMS that came through earlier on, that Qasida was beautifully, I think um, the group is called Kudam. And it is called Kamaroon. I've only heard of them recited or or do it. um, And that is a beautiful sound. Yeah, I know we didn't quite want to end it. So maybe Uncle Ismail can play a little bit more later on. We continue with the SMSs. The next one is, um, Salam Sheikh, what should a person do if he is afflicted with witchcraft? Please help
1: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim um, This is something which is uh, quite real uh, We believe that it is something that can affect you And it has the ability to upset your life, etc um, whilst we know that it is real, I also want to say that we shouldn't always just, uh, you know, um, run away with the idea that when something is wrong with a person, that automatically he's affected by jinn or by witchcraft or stuff like that. People are very quick to, 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 to give that uh, as the reason for the person's illness. While it is something real, we should not just jump to such conclusions. And if a person is really affected by something which he feels is, uh, or black magic or stuff like this, Of course, he should consult people that are knowledgeable in this field. And here also I want to caution there's lots of people out there that are um, that are posing to be people that are knowledgeable or that have the skill or that have the the, the, the the necessary background for this type of situation, but very often they are not. They are just there to make money and they are just there to you know to, to to exploit. So be very careful if you are going to consult with someone or go to some make sure that the person is a pious person, he knows what he's talking about, he's a you know, an alim that knows the deen and so on and that he's also someone that lives the dean. You know, don't go to someone that does not also live his dean properly, etc. Um, and so, so that would be my advice. You, there, there are a few people I think in and around Cape Cape Town that are known for doing um, a consultation on, on on this issue and for giving advice and and help uh, on this particular issue. And perhaps off a we can give some 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 information uh, as far as that is concerned. Uh, but just as a, from a general point of view, what can you do uh, if you are afflicted by any of this, or you feel that uh, you are upset somehow mentally or something like that? Just recite you know your Ayatul Kursi uh, regularly, recite your three Quls regularly. You know, make sure that you you, you go sleep with with Hudu uh, in the evenings when you when you go to bed. Make sure you make your Salah on time. You know, make sure that you you, you, you do not do things which contravene the Deen of Allah Taala. These are all things which perhaps can uh, further aggravate the situation mm-hmm. if we do not take care. You know, I know the old people, for example, they were very careful of in terms of what time you come uh, home at night and mm-hmm. you shouldn't come home too late and all this. This is absolutely true. I mean, because doors and
0: the, windows must be closed. Yeah, a be, time. Yes,
1: when the adhan goes, for example, I mean they the always maf- said you, you know maghrib time close the doors. Mm-hmm. These are absolutely true because you know when the adhan is rendered, the shayateen, the jinn, they run wild. You know because mm-hmm. they they are, trees, quite, uh, yeah. <laughs> they are actually quite they are actually quite frightened of the adhan. Mm-hmm. And this is another thing which can be done in a home way where. where they Maybe abnormal activity Is to recite the Adhan uh, You know um, mm. Abundantly This is actually recommended To us by our scholars That you recite the Adhan When you feel That you are unsettled In your home And stuff like that And also Surah al-Baqarah Is a very good You know Omen Or a very good uh, a Dua Or a very good protection Against uh, jinn and, and stuff like that mm. But if it is That a person Is really afflicted By this He should consult With an Alim That is trained in this field and that has uh, experience in this field and like I said just be careful don't, don't go to anyone but go to someone who is has a good reputation and that is God fearing and that is pious uh, that can really assist you and that is not going to just uh, you know take money from you and at mm. the end of the day just exploit you um, inshallah mm. and like I said off if the person wants we can perhaps give the person a few uh, numbers of people or some direction as mm. far as this is concerned inshallah
0: inshallah all the best Salaam, can my adopted son be my mah? for Umrah?
1: Yeah, no, unless you, you have breastfed him if, if, if for example as an infant you breastfed him and then of course he's like your own son and in that case you can uh, use him as a mahram otherwise not. If, if you did not breastfeed him you only adopted him later on uh, where he was a bit older then of course there is no um, relationship in terms of mahram relationship. So he cannot act as your mahram um, and we know that uh, Islam came to abolish this whole idea that when you adopt someone it becomes your own. Mm-hmm. Islam came to abolish that because we should be very careful in terms of the lineage Of people, you know, where they come from, the families And so on, so that there should not be Confusion in a person's background mm-hmm. Because when a person gets married, he wants to Know that he's getting married to someone that Is not his own brother or sister, mm-hmm. for example And that is why Islam is, is very careful As far as this is concerned, but in terms Of adoption, looking after an orphan uh, You know, taking an orphan into your care This is obviously something that is very, very good mm-hmm. And and the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has given Lots of hadith to show that A person who looks after the orphan will be very close with him on the Day of Judgment, very close with him in Jannah. Um, so that's a very, very commendable act. But in terms of the mahram relationship, there is no mahram relationship between a mother and an uh, adopted son, unless of course, like I said, if she breastfed him, then it is a different story
0: altogether. Inshallah, shikran, sheikh, and I think we have um, time for one last question. Salam, an illegitimate girl child was included in the inheritance as a full a not wasia uh, after this, they were now they are now accepted into the family. Do they break the hudu of the brothers and their sons? So I think two, two or three questions there.
1: Yeah, I'll just very briefly uh, just touch on uh, the most important part here. And that is, of course, uh, we know that the illegitimate children, they obviously should not uh, get a portion of inheritance uh, the way that it is given to, to ordinary children. But they can get wasia. That That is what should have been done. So a third can go, obviously, to uh, a child that is illegitimate, but not more than a third. Um, the other issue is in terms of breaking the hudu, there is difference of opinion as far as this is concerned. The majority of scholars, however, they say that whilst this child is illegitimate, this child is still like any other child, you know, it, uh, you know, there is still uh, the issue of um, they cannot get married to the, the biological brothers and sisters and so on. Um, so if this illegitimate child, uh, if she's a girl, has brothers and sisters who are legitimate children of the same parents, mm. then of course she cannot get married to them and so on. So there is still that mahram relationship between them. So so hence the hudu will not be broken if they touch Each other etc. This is the view of The majority of scholars. Mm. There are some That have a different of opinion, difference of opinion In this matter but the vast majority Of Madahib, like the Malikis and the Hanafis and the Hanbalis they all agree that The relationships in terms of uh, Mahram or um, uh, Not breaking hudu and not being able to marry Each other mm. will still stand Even if the child is an illegitimate child Because biologically they come from one source Biologically they come from one mother and one father Mm. And so um, uh, that is the issue In terms of just uh, again on the inheritance issue What I wanted to mention as well is The laws of inheritance also dictate that this illegitimate child Can legally inherit from the mother But not from the father Mm. Legally from the mother but not from the father So this is also something which the, the ulama have agreed upon Um, So I think that is basically the question That was asked, the wudu will not be Broken between siblings, even if Some of them are illegitimate, this is according To the vast majority of scholars
0: Shukran Sheikh, and unfortunately that's where we have To leave it, Sheikh if I could please Ask Sheikh to make dua, just a minute or so For um, a great uh, Grand aunt and aunt uh, Within our family, she turns 100 or she Turned 100 on Thursday, alhamdulillah And they're celebrating her birthday tomorrow um, Inshallah in Lansdowne So if Sheikh could please make a special dua for for her and for Zakaria who is celebrating his fifth birthday today Ibtissam and Muhammad Ali Ali their little one who's celebrating their birthdays inshallah
1: mean inshallah we, we make dua that Allah grant them all a long life filled with khair and barakah taqwa and iman everything that is good inshallah for them in this world and in the year after Allah protect them Allah give them all their hearts desires inshallah Allahumma tawil lahum fi umu' fi a'marihim wa wasi' lahum fi arzaqihim wa wafiquhum wa iyana lima tuhibbu wa tarza ya akram al-akramin barik lahum fi hayatihim wa fi harakaatihim wa fi sakanatihim wa fi marazaqatahum wa And to all our listeners, until we meet again, inshallah. Inshallah. And I think the centurion I
0: have to
1: make mention
0: of, her name is Mimi. It's Halima Abrams and also the 21st birthday of Aunt Nisa Salasa. All the best to everybody celebrating the birthday. Looking forward to see you tomorrow at V. VOC Family Day at Tanga Junction From myself Khawasanman Wassalamu Alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and a very good evening to you My radio station your radio station our radio station 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo